in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! And good morning, everybody. Hey, maybe you've heard of the FIRE movement, an acronym for financial independence, retire early. Well, on today's show, how to put some real fire in your financial plan. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we are glad to have you aboard on Facebook, on YouTube, and on the radio all across Arkansas. My name is Scott Inman. Welcome into the Get Ready for the Future show. Along with me, as usual, Janet Walker and John Shrewsbury. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. We are going to talk about fire today. We're going to build so. a fire, maybe? It's cold today. It is cold. Good it, good yeah. topic for winter, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah. We've got a lot on today's show, so we're going to dive right in. And we mentioned there in the open about the fire movement. I, I don't know how widespread uh, the understanding is for folks uh, with that. It, it's very popular among younger people. I'm not sure, sure if people uh, in the Gen X and up uh, might really be that familiar with it. They're probably too late to retire early, right? So they probably aren't thinking too much about it. But it stands for, as we mentioned in the open, financial independence, retire early. And the idea is scrimp and save and live on as little as possible. Save upwards of half of the income that you make, maybe more, um, and try to invest right and reach this nest egg at a very early age and then stop working. And it's a great concept. It's a great idea. But we're going to talk a little bit about the problems with that today and maybe redirect a little bit maybe of someone's thinking into how to put some real fire into your financial plan. I, I think about this when I, when I hear about this. I think about the, the wonders of idealism of, yeah. of, your, of your youth. I'll get this out in a minute. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it is a very idealistic uh, creation of, I think, the millennial generation because they are not really, as a general rule, satisfied with their work, right. and they would like to actually just, you know, kind of uh, exist without having to work. And this is a way that has manifested itself. So let's talk about what, in order to really fall, follow what the fire movement is, what you have to do is save like sixty to eighty percent of your income, mm-hmm. and you're obviously you're paying down debt. Uh, you know, whatever house payment you might have, getting that paid off as soon as you possibly can, saving and saving and saving and saving. And then you might retire in your 30s and you're living off of that, you know, from that point forward for the rest of your life. And so we're all about financial independence. The retire early part, we would like to redefine because retiring in your 30s has way more risk to it than like retiring maybe in your 50s. That's still earlier than most, but it's not as risky as retiring in your 30s. And guys, the other thing I would say is just a a satisfaction with life. Like there are things that I want to go see and go do, and you know what? It takes money to Cost do money. that. Yeah, right. and, and I don't want to retire 25 years earlier than everybody else but not be able to do the fun stuff that I enjoy 
And I think there's there are risks that we're going to talk about in this show that are uh, inherent in this idea of the fire movement. And sometimes those risks kind of get uh, washed uh, under the table, so to speak, in deference to the idea or the, the elation of being able to not work. But you've got to be sure that you balance risk and reward. And sometimes when I uh, read and, and hear people talking about the fire movement, there's not a whole lot of discussion about risk, but there's a ton of discussion about reward. One other thing that I'll say about this, Scott, and we may uh, touch on this a little bit later on in the show, is that many times the people that are blogging or on the internet talking about uh, their fire lifestyle that they're living, uh, they're really working, but they're kind of working behind the scenes. They're, they're writing blogs and they're getting income yeah. from that. And they're doing all these other things that they have income coming from. They're not totally 100% living on their savings. Yeah, it's, a, it's what we would call a work retirement you know at a later stage of life we talk about a lot of people who are working and you know maybe part-time for something that they really enjoy doing but they're they're retired otherwise and so a lot of you're right a lot of these people are they're doing blogs that are bringing them an income and from the outside looking in they appear to be retired but they're really not so you know, I, I would say, who do you know who's really doing this and doing it successfully? It's kind of like the guy who writes the book, How to Get Rich Quick. Well, you buy my book, right? Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his answer that's to it. That's how it worked <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah. I, I do think it's worth pointing out the difference between retire and financial independence here. You know, I've started really having a lot more conversations with my clients uh, uh, when we're bringing them in talking about this. I don't think we're ever going to retire the word retire. But really, that's not what we're trying to seek for our clients. Right. It may end up being that for them to totally retire from their job. But really, the goal here, whether it's the fire movement or it's uh, someone who's worked and saved all their life and, and leaves work at 65, is financial independence. At what point in your life have you accumulated enough wealth and you have a plan to distribute that wealth for the rest of your life? So when you think about what you said, Janet, of being in your 30s and trying to do that, it comes with some inherent risks. Well, I think that that you've got to think about the fact that, you know, when you uh, think about the days of the week and what day do you spend the most money? Scott? Saturday, what? probably. Maybe Janet? Sunday. Yeah, if you leave the house on Saturday, you're spending the most money on Saturday. Now, if you stay home, I get that's probably your cheapest day. But the point is that where you're going is if you're getting out of the house and doing stuff, you're spending money. If you're just going to work and going back home, you're not spending very much. See, when you retire, every day is Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the type of person, I don't know if everybody's like this, but I'm the type of person that if I'm bored, I answer it with going and spending money. You know? <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I I will entertain myself in some way, and usually it's yeah. expensive. And and so there are things about uh, the whole deal of of having total freedom that are great. But there are things about having total freedom that really do cost you money when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to live a lifestyle that that you do enjoy. Now, could you live? under a bridge and and i don't know uh eat leftovers five days a week and and subsist i guess yeah you probably could uh and probably get there by saving you know half your income over a particular period of time but there are some problems with this that we're going to explore today scott and and i think that that really it is about not necessarily just totally 100 percent walking away from work but it is really about working 
because you want to as opposed to because you have to. And I think that having options and, and having an optional work lifestyle would be a, a maybe a middle ground that we can explore uh, throughout the show today. Yeah, I think even you know getting to that point of financial independence where work is optional, you've got to have some balance along the way, and that's that's again one of the biggest challenges that we see with this approach is that it's just all uh, every bit of focus, all the money is going toward that financial independence. Well, how much of it is going towards oh I don't know living life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the independence part of that is being able to do what you want to do when yeah. you want to do it, and if yeah. you're if you're if you're assuming or saying you're in independent or retired but you can't do that then are you really truly independent Independent. yeah Yeah. and it does come down to the the asset problem is not the problem that needs solving it's the income problem well and i think that there's also some challenges here in terms of a career choice because i think a lot of this is driven by an unsatisfied career choice maybe you got into a line of work that you didn't really enjoy or whatever or you figured out that the circumstances at your particular job are not what you want and i think that that you can think about reinventing yourself. I mean, obviously, Scott, you reinvented yourself from a, a news broadcaster to a financial advisor. I basically did the same thing many years ago. Uh, people don't necessarily have to get in this this tranche of, of a career path and stay there their whole life. If you figure out you don't like what's going on, change it and and find something that is rewarding because I think that there is value and a great deal of reward in work that many times people that are involved in this fire movement are involved in it because they don't see that. I want to invite you to do this. We're going to remind you several times during the broadcast. Whenever your retirement date is set, you need a clear view of how long your assets will last. How do you find out if you're on track? Visit 15minuteretirement.com for your free retirement checkup. And we'll tell you more about that as the show goes on. We'll be back in a moment. How to put some fire in your financial plan. The topic of today's Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Janet Walker with you today. And we talked about the FIRE movement in the last segment, which is an acronym for Financial Independence Retire Early. Uh, and it has gained some steam, certainly among the millennium, millennial generation. And uh, certainly we support financial independence because that's what we seek for our clients every day. And we don't want to discourage anybody from, from really trying to achieve that at any stage of life. But we do want you to know about the risks that are inherent, as John said, and I'd say universal to everyone who is leaving an income and trying to live off of the accumulated assets. And we're going to talk about those universal risks in this segment. Do want to mention again that Visit 15 15minuteretirement.com website where you can get your free retirement checkup. And we're committed, especially in 2021, as we roll out some new ways for you to, to, I guess, dip your toe in to a relationship with a Gen Wealth advisor. We know people commit in stages. Some some people do, not everybody. Some people come in and they're all in from the beginning. But if you want to just kind of get a little bit of a bird's eye view of where you stand uh, and do it quickly. In fact, in the time that it takes you to check your social media page, you can see how you're doing. Are you on track for retirement? Wherever you are uh, in your journey towards financial independence, you can visit 15minuteretirement.com for your free retirement checkup. And Scott, just in case people are wondering about the 15, that is 15minuteretirement.com. So don't spell out the number 15minuteretirement.com. It's easy when I'm reading it to not remember <laughs> to say that, right? It is 15minuteretirement.com. Okay, so the universal risk that, that you're facing, and this is for if someone who wants to retire at 35 or 65, 
and it I think really points out how much more difficult it can be to retire in those early years. We have three universal risks that we have identified that all retirees or people who are financially independent seeking that financial independence will face, and we're going to go over those. If you've been to our workshops, you've probably seen these before, and this will be a little bit of a refresher for you. But the first risk is really a certainty. It has been historically, and that's inflation risk. You know, you think about you're going to set up your income. Uh, if you've saved however much you've saved and say so you're going you're gonna to pull $50,000 from your assets over time, that number has to go up because prices are going to go up. Yeah, prices are going up. Even as we speak, we're seeing some inflation creeping back into the American economy. Uh, right now, it's pretty much limited to the housing market. Uh, and if you don't believe that, just go and, and check out uh, Realtor.com and see how fast uh, houses are moving in and out oh, yeah. of the real estate market right now. So you're, And prices are naturally going up because prices go up when there is more demand than there is supply. And that's what is uh, kind of the outgrowth, if you will, of this cheap money that we've got right now, all the uh, money that the Fed has pumped into the economy uh, over the last probably eight or nine years that that this has been going on. We've seen cheap money going into the economy. you got to believe at some point in time, inflation is really going to begin to pick up. And when it does, Janet, I'm concerned that people have become lulled into a false sense of security about inflation. Yeah. I mean, guys, let's go back to we're not just talking about inflation for the average retiree. In this factor, we're talking about inflation for the people in the fire movement. And so if you're retiring in your 30s, guys, even if we had a conservative level of inflation, you've got many decades that you're still living through. And so, again, it doesn't have to be an inordinately high amount of inflation that we're seeing. When you go to the rule of 72 and you figure Mm -hmm. out, all right, how long does it take my money to double? Well, the same is true of costs doubling. So if you divide whatever the rate of inflation is into 72, that's going to tell you how many years it takes for the cost to double. So at a 3% inflation rate, costs will double every 24 years. Hmm. Well, so you've got at least two doubling periods, even at just a 3% inflation rate, if you're retiring in your 30s. And what if inflation is more? Well, and that means that 24 years down the road, you're going to need twice as much money to pay for the same stuff, not more stuff, the same stuff that you got 24 years earlier. So if you retire in your 30s, by the time you're rolling into your late 50s, early 60s, all of a sudden you're having to come up with twice the amount of income. You know where I see this for for some retirees, uh, we'll just, we'll just y'all forgive me for the label, but we're going to go here for a minute, what I'll just generically call spreadsheet retirees. Like, I got it all figured out on my spreadsheet, it's all going to be fine. What most of those, not all of them, some of them do factor them in, but what most of those spreadsheet retirees have completely omitted is factoring in any kind of inflation. They're just looking at a flat line withdrawal like I've got a million dollars, I'm going to earn you know 5% a year and I'm going to pull out 5% a year and so I'm still going to have a million dollars. It doesn't work that way. It simply does not. Costs are going to increase. Well, everyone on this show has been involved in working on financial plans where clients come in and say, I want to retire at 60 
Now, I might could work to 65, but I want to retire at 60. And we know how much money, how much more money they burn yeah. in those five years and how much more money is required to be accumulated in those five years. And just think about if you take that and stretch that out, out 10, 15, 20, mm-hmm. 25 years, it does put a tremendous strain on you. Uh, and part of that strain is because of the inflation factor. Let me address too one of the common things that I think some clients who come in ready to retire uh, talk to us about, and they talk about, well, can I take more early and less later? That's yes. a pretty common thing too. So go the other way from inflation, right? And and I get the concept you, you have, and it's pretty well documented. You have the go-go years in retirement. You have the slow-go years in retirement, and you have the no-go years in retirement. And the thinking here is, is I want to spend money while I'm able to go out and live the lifestyle that I want. And then when I get too old to leave the rocking chair, I won't need as much. Well, the real elephant in the room and the problem with that is, what are you going to need when yeah. you're in your no-go, your no-go years? And that's really revolved around healthcare costs. And those costs the prescription drugs, the doctor's visits, those are increasing above, way above the inflation rate for everything else. Scott, that uh, that concept of withdrawing more in the early years and then less later on really can uh, create the equivalent of a sequence of return risks, even though it's not from sequence of return. But that's the next risk we're really mm-hmm. going to talk about is what if you retire into a market that is down early? So let's talk about 2008. It's a, it's a very easy example to walk through. If you had a million dollars prior to 2008, market is down. 40%, then you've got $600,000. So on that million dollars, if you were withdrawing 4%, so you were withdrawing $40,000. Well, now if the market is down 40%, don't worry about the math for the withdrawal, just the downturn from the market itself. If you withdraw 4% now from your balance, it's 4% of 600000 So it's $24,000 instead of 40000 That's a significant pay decrease. So there's that issue. But if you continue to withdraw 40000 which is what most people are going to want to do, now 40000 is no longer 4% of your balance. It is 6.7% of that $600,000 balance. You're going to run out of money. And the, the comparison... What Scott was talking about, about taking excessive withdrawals you know, early on, if you do that in your 30s, you are basically creating the equivalent mathematically of a sequence of return risk. You're taking out too much of a percentage, and the, the assets are just not going to last. Well, Scott used uh, the elephant in the room uh, phrase a moment yeah. ago. I'm going to use a different animal, and it's the ostrich. And, and I think a lot of people <laughs> yeah. really do want to stick their head in the sand and just ignore what those no-go years are going to look like, or even in the slow-go years, though, they, it, it is all about satisfying that need now and not looking ahead. You've got to look ahead because the chances are greater than 50% that you're going to need some type of, of long-term care. Health care costs are going to be high as you get older. And nobody really wants to scrimp on health care costs. When you're sick, you want the best health care that you can possibly have. And so clearly, you've got to have something that, that is uh, going to be able to meet those needs. And I think that's one of the dangers that you have in this whole FIRE movement is getting caught with absolutely nothing but Social Security to live on in your 60s. So building out that sequence risk, we've shared this story in our workshops many times about James and Joe. If you use historical market returns of James and Joe, two hypothetical guys who retire with the same amount of money, 
$500,000 each, and they plan to take out 5% of their balance at retirement. And it's in a balanced mix. I think that's the important key here, too. It's not in the 100% in equities. It's 60% stocks based on the S&P 500 and 40% fixed income based on the bond index. And they pull that money out. They do give themselves raises. And we show a graph where you have uh, returns in different order, right? James retired in 1966, and Joe followed 10 years later and retired in 1976. One, James started with 500000 in 66, and 18 years later in 1982, he was completely out of money. And Joe started with that same amount of money, invested the same way, took the same amount of money out, but because of returns he encountered during retirement, he had $1.2 million. 18 years later in 1992. So the point of sequence is not really how you're invested. It's what returns do you get and in what order. And John, I think it's worth pointing out too, uh, Janet used 2008 as a comparison. I think you could even use March of 2020 here because different months even matter. It's not about what year you retire. It's what month. Yeah, we've seen a lot of evidence, a lot of research that, that does say that if you are exposed to sequence risk, the time in which you retire, the moment in which you retire makes a big difference. And so you've got to have a plan to basically strategize around that sequence risk and deal with that sequence risk. And that's what we do with the ready to retire process at GenWealth. We basically avoid that sequence risk because of the way that we structure the the distribution of income from your portfolio. And so as you think about the risk of, of sequence and, and how your returns actually occur, occur, you're totally out of control of that. What you are in control of is the plan that you put together to address that need. So when you think about having that plan, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that as the show goes on, but a plan that works if you get the returns that James got in 1966, or if you got the returns that Joe got in 1976, the plan still works. And the plan is not just taking out 5% and hoping for the best. Hope is not a plan. It's certainly not a strategy. Whether you're going to retire early in your 30s or 40s or you're going to retire in your 60s, same risks apply. We've talked about two of them in this segment. We're up against a break, so we'll have to hold the third risk for the uh, next segment. But we talked about inflation risk. What if or when prices go up? You have to give yourself a raise in retirement. You wouldn't work a, a job for 30 years and never get a raise. And the same is true in retirement. And then sequence risk. What about timing? When Uh, You retire matters as far as market returns. Longevity is our third risk. We'll talk about that after this. Scott Inman, Janet Walker, John Shrewsbury back on the Get Ready for the Future show talking about how to put some real fire in your financial plan. Uh, Kind of our correlation to the FIRE movement, the acronym for Financial Independence Retire Early. It is a movement that's taken hold among the youth of this country, and they are thinking, many of them, about retiring very early. And we're not trying to discourage you from that today, but we are certainly talking about the risks associated with that, no matter when you choose to walk away from work and try to become financially independent. And we know most people wonder about it, whatever the age. And whenever your retirement date is set, whenever you're dreaming of financial independence, you certainly want a clear view of when you can get there. Are you on track for a successful retirement? We've got a great tool to give you a bird's eye view of that. And it's at 15minuteretirement.com. You can go there and get a free retirement checkup. 
and so that Janet will be happy with me. I'll tell you how to <laughs> how to put that into your web browser. It's not 15 spelled out. It's the numerical 15minuteretirement.com and get your free retirement checkup today. Good job, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the correction on that. Or not the correction, but the uh, additive on that for sure. So universal risks that face anyone with financial independence uh, as their goal, regardless of age. We've talked about two of them already, inflation risk and sequence risk. And that's more market related. But longevity risk is our third and final universal risk. And when you think about how this applies if you retire early, and it doesn't have to be in your 30s or 40s, but John, you mentioned earlier 60 versus 65. When you think about a perpetual retirement income, an income that never ends, we've talked about the danger of how it could dry up if your assets go to zero. But even above that and beyond that, if you don't have a guaranteed income source, a floor of income that is never going to run out, regardless of what happens in markets, you think about someone trying to retire very far ahead of Social Security, and that's pretty scary. Yeah, you got a long time before you ever have any, I'll just call it pensionized income yeah. kicking in. And and one of the other things that, that you've got to also think about is that you're not going to be able to utilize the uh, qualified plans uh, in, in any great way because the qualified plans, even if you are uh, looking at an employer plan where you can pull money out at 55 years old, uh, doing it before then, you either have to follow a very strict formula for a very long period of time or you incur a 10% early withdrawal penalty. So there are all kinds of complexities around this. But Scott, I wanted to kind of just step through an example of, of how longevity kind of plays into this. And, and so if you take a look at, first of all, life expectancy generally is on an upward trend. It has been trending upward and, and coronavirus may be uh, interfering with that to some degree, but th I think that's just a, kind of a blip on the radar of the bigger picture of longevity. But you've got to think about 40 years in retirement is a very long period of time. So let's take a look at the average Arkansan. And let's say that the average Arkansan saved half of their income they really wouldn't be able to overcome this longevity issue. And I ran some numbers on this, and I thought I would share it with you. The median household income in Arkansas is $62,387. Now, let's say that you bring home approximately $50,000 of that $62,000, uh, the other going to taxes and benefits and things of that nature. So you bring home $50,000. You save $25,000 and you live on $25,000. First of all, it scares the bejeebies out of me to think about living on $25,000. Yeah, I'm just going to say my, my first real job out of college uh, back in 1994, I was making $23,000. That's a long time ago compared yeah. to living on basically the same amount of money now. So let's say that you do that and you are able to salt away that $25,000. And let's say hypothetically that you get a 7% rate of return after taxes on that $25,000 per year that you're saving. So no 10 or 12% mutual funds. No, oh, no, okay. no, 7%, gotcha. 7 gotcha. after tax return on the investment. And, and the after tax, again, I know you touched on this, but I want to be sure people understand the reason we're saying after tax here is that you're not going to be able to use your 401k money if you're retiring this early. That's so right. we have to use taxable investments right. here. So let's say that you start out at 20 
and you save that $25,000 and you live on $25,000 for 20 years, yeah. you know, $25,000 a year for 20 years. Well, all of a sudden you, you're in a real pickle because of inflation again. Right. But let's say that you do that. And let's say you save that $25,000 a year at 7%. By age 40, you're going to have $943,000. Now you're going to think, woohoo, man, I got almost a million dollars at 40. Surely I can I can be financially independent at 40 with a million dollars. Not so fast. Think about what has happened with inflation along the way. Remember we said earlier, even at 3%, your cost would double every 24 years. So that 25000 that you have been withdrawing, you're right about that doubling marker. So you need about 50000 John. That's right. And so let's now take that 934000 thousand dollars and let's apply a little bit lower rate of return five percent after tax return because you're withdrawing money out of this you can't invest as aggressively as you would if you're accumulating money so we're going to drop that rate of return to five percent and let's say that you withdraw fifty thousand dollars a year to account for that inflation step up Mm -hmm. now obviously we're we're stepping up really big there but we didn't have any inflation factored into it before so now we're going to withdraw fifty thousand dollars a year no market risk you've got a zero balance in 24 years and 10 months now again when i say no market risk i'm assuming that you can get a five percent after-tax return with no market risk at that particular point in time which is a big stretch yeah Mm -hmm. you can't do that now no you certainly can't so you've got a zero balance in your savings 24 years down the road or at age 64. Mm -hmm. Now, what do most people at age 64 count on for a significant portion of their income? That's Social Security. But guess what? You You, haven't paid any. You haven't paid into it for very long. And so so you have little or no Social Security income. So the math on Social Security is that they basically take a look at the average of 35 years of earnings. And if you only work for 20 years then you don't have 35 years of earnings. So they factor in zeros in all of those years that you did not work. And so your social security checks kind of tiny. It's not, it's, it's very, very small. Yeah. The, the, the fact that those are factored in as zeros, let me let the school teacher talk for just a minute. Once in a while, we would have a kid who was absent for an extended period of time due to, you know, whatever significant illness, that type of thing. And so from some of the assignments, in order for them to cover what they needed to cover, but not just be inundated with makeup work, for some of the exi- assignments, you could mark them as exempt. So it didn't count against them. It wasn't a zero, but they just had fewer points possible on their overall grade. Okay, that's fine. You can still come out with a decent grade that way. But if that was not the case, if you just didn't turn in your junk and you got zeros on the stuff you didn't do, then you're not going to pass the class. Yeah. And, and same is true for Social Security. There is no you, exemption on Yeah, Social there's no exemption. If you didn't get, if you don't have 35 working years, if you had 20, then 15 years are getting averaged in as zeros. If you've been through school, do the math. It's not good. Scott, another thing that you've got to think about in this is if you can't use your 401k plan for that savings vehicle, mm-hmm. you're also missing out on your employer match. Mm-hmm. Free money. And and there goes a, a big plus as far as your overall retirement is yeah. concerned, because if you don't get that 401k match, you're just walking away from that free money. And so I think that there is 
a, a problem with this in, in kind of deep in this fire movement. There is a little bit of a, a lack of education on, on the value of a 401k plan. We have not done a very good job in this country of explaining mm-hmm. how 401k plans work. We've not done a very good job in this country of helping people to actually utilize a 401k plan for what it's supposed to be used for. We use it for everything. We use it to buy bass boats, you know, and Christmas all, presents. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so we're going to talk more about, you know, how you actually accomplish financial independence. And I don't think anyone would say that you can accomplish financial independence by leaving money, good money on the table. There's the free match. There's also the tax deferral component yeah. to that, too. If you're in a non-qualified non-retirement account because you've got to tap it, if you're going to retire before 55 or 59 and a half, you lose all access to that advantage of having tax deferral and taking it out later. So we did uh, title the show, put some real fire in your financial plan, and maybe somebody's sitting there and saying, well, all you're doing is telling me I can't do it. Well, here we're going to tell you how to do it, right? There are some things that are good about the fire movement, and the one thing that I would say at the top of that list is they do plan on starting right away saving money. Well, Scott, I think that that one of the keys of a successful fire movement person would be to get a high paying job yeah and then live very minimally and save a lot of money and save some money for that interim period between when you retire let's say at 40 and the time that you can access your qualified plan money but you're going to have to save in both because you cannot just forego the qualified plan and think that you're going to have any money left over for retirement I know a young person who has just transitioned from college to their first job. They've gotten one partial paycheck and they're just elated, you know, because when you go from what I'll call play money in, in college jobs to real money in the grown up job, it's a big transition. That's such an opportunity. You know, if you go ahead and go, okay, from my very first paycheck, I'm going to participate in the 401k. I'm going to at least put in the match and probably, frankly, more than that, because depending on what your living situation is, if you've been able to live on way less and now you've got a a good paying job, then there's a tremendous opportunity for you to, frankly, maybe even max out the 401k and you're getting that match on top of it. It would give you later on an opportunity to retire early, not according to the fire movements timeline, but, you know, in your 50s at some point to be able to pull the trigger on retirement. That's a big deal. Scott, I think that, you know, if you are intent on retiring early, it doesn't matter whether it's in your 40s or 50s or 60s or whatever the case may be. I think the key is that you've got to basically do your homework and do the plan mathematics. Sit down with an advisor and understand all of these risks that we've talked about today. Understand that there is a lot of complexity here that that you know the internet bloggers are not going to tell you about. They're not going to share with you all the warts of this idea. They're going to share with you all the stuff because they want you to keep reading their blog. But the key is that when you get down to it, This is about you and your life and your lifestyle and your pursuit of financial independence. That's serious. You need to have a serious run at it. You don't need to just go, okay, well, I'll just do this and start throwing money at something and hope that it works out. As you said earlier, Scott, hope is not a plan. It's not a strategy. You've got to engage with a financial advisor to get to that point, wherever it is you want to go. You've got to engage with that advisor to get that plan on paper. Yeah, building that plan can start with a phone call. 501-653-7355. 501 651 
653-7355 to set, set a first appointment with the Gen Wealth Financial Advisor. We've got one more break, uh, and then we'll be back for our final segment on the Get Ready for the Future show. Whether you have aspirations of retiring early or you want financial independence around 65, whatever the timing is for you, making a plan, putting some real fire in your financial plan uh, is how to do that. We talked about starting as early as possible and the value of the the, the time in the market and growing your money over a longer period of time and how much that it plays a key factor in growing wealth. And then don't pass up the free money. Don't, if you have a 401k at work and a, a, an employer match is offered, make sure that you're contributing enough of your dollars to get all of the employer match at a minimum. And if you don't have access to a 401k, there are retirement plans, a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA, that if you have earned income, you can still get money into a retirement account. And then we talked about the importance of planning, you know, feeling secure about your future starts with how you see your future. And we do have uh, great resources on our website. You can reshape your idea of planning with a free guide for your life, your worth, and what happens next. You can get that by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash manifesto. Free copy there for you to start thinking positively about your financial future. And I think that really is a big part of it, too. You know, we've talked a lot in this show today, guys, about the FIRE movement and the uh, dream of retiring early. But I think the opposite is true for a lot of people. They don't think they can do it, not only early, but not ever, or at least not on their terms. They think they're going to really work until they just can't health-wise do it anymore. And that gets really to the psychology of doing what you need to do now, building the plan and having the discipline to carry it out to really have the retirement of your dreams. I think you've got to ask yourself, why? Why yeah. is it that you want to do this? Consider you know, that, that answer very carefully. Because, Janet, I think if you want to retire at 30 or 40 because you hate your job, retirement's not going to fix that. Yeah. You know, this is something that uh, the American College of Financial Services talks about that it's important for advisors to discuss is what is retirement to you? And, and I think that will help you maybe think through your why, because what, what we know is that not everybody defines retirement the same way. Frankly, not everybody wants to retire, and some people want to do it yesterday, and, but, but their picture of it is different. And so get that picture, get your why, and like John said, you know, if it's because you hate your job, then change jobs, mm. but that's very different than going without an income from now until when you might have actually retired but begin to get that picture of what does retirement look like for me what do I want to do with my time I'm going to steal Janet's uh, pet phrase what's your purpose yeah you know I, I think that you've got to be in touch with with what that purpose is and that isn't some you know new age uh, no. ex- existential type deal it's it's really about why are you here what is it that you showed up in in this world to do and and figure that out if you don't know that then start there and and i think that can can actually lead to a great deal of satisfaction whether you change jobs maybe you change jobs and identify with something that is in line with your purpose i know that that you know i for my myself personally when i was in broadcasting it was fun 
It was a check. It was, you know, something that I enjoyed doing, but it was really one of those things that, uh, you know, it, it kind of tied into my youth to some degree because I was, you know, I was just having fun. When I got married, started having kids, I started going, okay, I need to make some serious money and I really yeah. I actually need to have a serious career. And I stepped into financial services and I found a purpose in financial services because I, I clearly remember thinking, if I can help people to not have to deal with the, some of the things that I had to deal with and my family had to deal with mm-hmm. when I was growing mm-hmm. up, then that is actually me contributing something positive to society and to this world. And I think that's really where satisfaction comes from. I think it can happen the other way. You know, I think about my personal story. I was I was tracking so much with you when you were sharing that. You know, it was fun. Broadcasting was fun. But I also recognized I was not fulfilling the purpose of being a father and being a husband in the right way too, because I was not at home when I wanted to be right. So that's what started me in the direction of making a change to find the purpose I knew I was lacking. But then I found a purpose in this new career of being a financial advisor, because for the same reasons you said, John, so I do think you got to be willing to make changes that uh, may not always seem like the most uh, make the most financial sense, but it, it carries you towards your purpose, and then you'll be able to quantify it at some point because maybe that is later in life you're going to get uh, some income but not as much as you need to live the lifestyle you want, but you've saved enough to supplement, right? So there's yeah. all kinds of ways you can build that. Well, and, and I would say too, Janet, that if you're in a career that pays you a lot but, yeah. but you really uh, you know, are not satisfied by it, then – Take what you're being paid, stack it away, yeah. and then maybe transition to another job that maybe doesn't pay you as much, but you can supplement your income that way. Yeah, it's it's more about fulfillment than it is about filling up your bank account, for yeah. sure. Um, and, and after you figured out your why, I think the next important point would be for you to define what early means for you. We are all about being financially independent and retiring early, but early to us doesn't mean in your 30s or 40s. It it means probably in your 50s. That's an early point to retire. And I think that there are people who are positioned to be able to do that and to do it well and to be able to overcome the risks that we've discussed today. But you have to, if that's your plan, you have to be working with somebody ahead of time to prepare for those risks and be sure that you're addressing them well. I just had this thought. Guys, of course, in Arkansas, we have a lottery. And there have been people that have won millions of dollars in the lottery. But we all have heard those stories of the people that won the lottery and were broke in a few years. Think about this that same way that, you know, however you have wealth, if you blow through that wealth, either intentionally by spending it like crazy or unintentionally Mm -hmm. because you don't understand the risk associated with that. Broke is broke. It doesn't matter uh, how you got there. Broke is broke. And and people have had to go back to work and find, you know, back into a, a, a bankruptcy situation from lottery winnings and that type of thing. You've got to think about the dynamic of that as it relates to this whole financial independence retire early equation. 
Guys, another challenge that people will face in retiring early, even if they're retiring on what we would consider, you know, an acceptable early time frame sometime in their 50s is even if you have earned that Social Security check, it's not going to kick in yet in your 50s. And you're going to have to figure out how to pay for health insurance until Medicare kicks in at 65. Now, I'll say we have a lot of people who retire before age 65 and they're able to cover that, but it's because it's something that we've planned for. It is in their cash flow plan to be able to cover health insurance until Medicare does kick in. So just, again, it's coming back to be intentional about getting that as part of your plan. Tim and I just in the West Little Rock office uh, built a retirement income plan for a couple, that, is, and they're going to step away in the summer at ages 56 and 53. So you yeah. think about it. It can be done, but they have done an incredible job of saving money and they have the assets to bridge that gap and that's what we're talking about right getting to social security age so that you can build a guaranteed income stream and getting to medicare age so that you have some help when it comes to health care and that's big because statistically a 65 year old couple retiring in 2019 could expect to spend more than three hundred and eighty seven thousand dollars for retirement health care costs and that is not including long-term care and john you mentioned that earlier in the show how many people will need that yeah scott i think the key in in any financial independence uh effort that you have is margin you've got to have some margin you can't do it just by the skin of your teeth you've got to have some margin because you have no idea what may come down the pike in that 30 40 year time frame that you're trying to live on that money and so you've got to create margin and that couple that you're talking about scott created some margin for themselves and and i know uh, you and tim have put together a, a great plan for them and are uh, there is margin in that plan it's not like we're going to do this but everything has to go right, right. let's face it every Everything is not always going to go right, and you've got to have that margin to give you cushion in that type of situation. There is our final bell. That means we're almost finished with today's show. It's time for our final thoughts, and Janet, we'll start with you. Okay. I would encourage you to, again, think about how you can put some actual fire in your retirement. And first of all, you need to define what early is. When we talk about financial independence, retire early. We're all about financial independence. What's early for you? And if it's a few years earlier, then okay, great. If it's way early, that's going to be a challenge for you. And then beyond that, I would consider what your why is. Redefine your purpose. Be sure that you're pursuing what your actual purpose is. And then think about what those gaps might be, like Social Security income and health insurance. Scott, squirreling away money is not a plan. Having money is good. And money stashed away, you have to understand, it's not going to be worth tomorrow what it is today unless you have it invested properly unless you have a plan and you have to know how to use it and i think that's the real key here is all your problems are not solved by money alone because if that were the case lottery winners would have you know all the money they would have, they would still be living financially independent lives but a lot of lottery winners find themselves in trouble because they did not have a plan to address those things when they got that newfound wealth. My final thought is that the most common question we get, the main reason I think people come to us is to find out if they're on track for retirement. Yes. Whatever date you plan to retire or you are aspiring to achieve financial independence, do you know the probability of having a successful retirement? You can do that today very easily, very quickly by visiting 15minuteretirement.com. 
That's 15minuteretirement.com and just get a general bird's eye view of where you stand on the road to financial independence. Great show today. Put some fire in your financial plan was the topic. We certainly hope we were able to put some fire in yours. And you can always reach out to an advisor, 501-653-7355. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501 653 7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.